You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. difficult times and the Bible warned us about these times, perilous times will come in the last days. And what if you've been sensitive, if you've been not sensitive, if you've been in the world, in the, if you've been alive lately, what you know is that many times people complain what we do not have, isn't it? We don't have this, we don't have that, we don't have that, we don't have that, okay? We talk about the limitations and the challenges and all of that. And true, they are there. Just like the you know, text we read when the man you know, stopped Peter and John. And it would have been so easy for Peter and John to pass the man, not giving him arms because they don't have arms, and then going to the temple and begin to blame God. You see, if he had prospered me, I would have ministered to that man. You see, but God is always without what? Blame. You see, let God be true and every man a liar. If God has left you and I on earth, that means he has positioned us to excel. He's positioned us to be salt. He's positioned us to be light. He does not expect that you and I will make any excuse. A classical illustration is the case of the Hebrew boys in Babylon. They were slaves, quite all right. They were subject to every, you know, um, humiliation and all of that. But when they held on to God... God equipped them with the resources that would make them reign in a kingdom where they were supposed to be slaves as kings. Because what happened, those boys realized that they were not ordinary. Praise the Lord. They could have gone in there and blamed it was their kings, you know, their elders that went into idolatry that caused, you know, Babylon to be allowed to invade Judah and take them into slavery. But when they were found in that captivity... They said to themselves, we will not defile ourselves. And then God kicked in. Praise the Lord. And we saw the, you know, series of testimonies that walked in. Never heard before. So the same thing happens to us many times when we are only aware and conscious of our challenges and our troubles. And if care is not taken with that consciousness, what happens is that the heart faints. And when the heart faints, we said here, we said here some, you know, weeks ago that for every animal that God created, he put some defense mechanism in it. You know the defense mechanism he gave man? He gave you your heart to be strong so that you can raise it. Praise the Lord. Some of the most dangerous animals that human beings encounter are the ones that are intelli- almost as intelligent as us. You know a man, really, who is not afraid can scare a lion away. Have you read that? If a lion meets you and you don't run and you actually challenge it, it will run away. But they say you shouldn't try that. There is one they say you shouldn't try with. I think it's the bear. That one is not smart. It will just go at you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you like, open your teeth and everything. You know? They say that there is more probability that a bear will kill a man that it encounters than a lion. You know, they don't process. A lion will check what you're doing, you know, and know how to respond to you. But a bear doesn't understand that. It will just go at you. Okay? So, we have been given that ability to process. So, what we are learning is this. Silver and gold, which may represent whatever it is, 
in our lives, we may not have. But that which we have, we are never left without something. Praise the Lord. Jesus did not leave us comfortless. That's why if we look at that place where um, our Lord Jesus taught about prayer. He says, how much more shall the heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Isn't that what he answered? And then another, in Luke, he says, how much more shall the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So he's implying that whether it is the Holy Spirit you have or the good gifts, God answers your prayers. And the believer has been given the Holy Spirit for all situations and all circumstances. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise God. We looked at property, tangible and intangible. And we saw that the intangible property, even though it's property, unless it is converted, cannot be beneficial. So I have shares. It's paper. I have stocks. It's paper. I have money in account. It's a text message. It's in some computer somewhere, isn't it? He can't get me a car. He can't transport me. But it's there. So unless I move it to where it becomes, you know, it answers to a need. It supplies to a situation. Then that's the only time I can benefit from it. So the same way that name Jesus has been given to us, we have the name. Okay? So we face circumstances. Do we draw from it? That drawing from it has to come from a place where we know him. Where we have come to be acquainted with him. Where by reason of practice, we have exercised ourselves to know that it works. Because for some of us, you know, we heard it on Sunday. I want to believe. I was hoping that someone would say, I tried it on Monday. I tried it on Tuesday. I tried it, you know, in this place. For some of us, you have to now go and prove it. And you start small. Everywhere you, anywhere you are. No matter the level where you are. You start from there. Then your faith begins to build up. You begin to know that this thing works so... This thing works. How many of us in our Christian journey had actually said to ourselves, this thing works? Anybody say that? I know I've said that. You know? And somebody said, this thing works. For me, the first time I really realized this thing works was when I did three days fasting. Dry. As a young Christian, I heard them tell pastors that they were going to do three days fasting. I, was not a, I wasn't even a worker. I just decided, okay, I'm going to join. A, and I was going to work. I was doing everything I was doing. And I was strong. In my life, I'd never gone one day without eating. So I realized that this man, something has happened to him. You understand? This is something. This is another level. And three days, no food, nothing, no water. So I say this thing is really, you know, there's something in this thing. You understand? So you have those experiences and they're building up your faith. They're building up your faith. Okay? We had a neighbor, you know, after we were in church for a few months again, I had a neighbor, he said he was complaining, this migraine, he's been having this migraine, it doesn't go, it doesn't go. And I just said, let me pray for you, you know. And I prayed for him, you know. And then he said, the migraine, you know, the pain has gone, and we're neighbors. And he testified, he never came back. You know, so you start small, you just start small, you know. For someone, maybe mosquito is disturbing in the room. You say, in the name of Jesus, I kill you, mosquito. <laughs> I, I kill you. You know, you just kill the mosquito and then, <laughs> praise the Lord. From there, you begin to kick out devils. Hallelujah. But in essence, it's currency. You apply it, it works. If you don't apply it, it will be there. Praise the Lord. Okay, so I think where we stopped was um, on Sunday was the challenge of free things. Because, you see, if the name of Jesus were something that when we come, maybe in Nigeria, maybe in our hometown, 
when we get to um, uh, maybe 12 years or 16 years, then we come for a convocation where they, you know, give us something that is original to this clan. And they say, when you go to the city with this thing, okay, when there is trouble, tell them to wait. You can bring it. How many of us know things like that? Okay? So, if such a thing, if the name of Jesus were like that, nobody will have it unused. You know why? Because you can see the process with which it was given. Okay? I remember growing up, <clears throat> when we want to see masquerades, I say this type of masquerade, you can't know where. I'll be asking questions. Where does this masquerade come from? They say, don't worry. They say, they just, they beat drum and the thing will come out from an ant hole. Did I tell you that too? <laughs> you know? Just all kinds of scary things, you know? So, <laughs> you know, it will just come out from, and then when it wants to go, it will just go back into the ant hole. All those, you know, type of stories and all of that. Okay, but Jesus now, he say, come to Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. Say after me, you know, Lord Jesus, I accept you. Ah, six-year-old will say it, 10-year-old will say it, 20-year-old will say it, 40-year-old. So, it's so easy. It's so easy. Number one, for the intelligent, that's why the Bible says the Greeks seek after wisdom. And the Jews are asking for sign. How can I just say I believe and then something begins to happen? The process should be more, you know, intellectual or more powerful. That's their limitation. They couldn't understand it. So when Paul spoke to them and talked and talked and talked, and they were expecting, okay, what is the wisdom? They say it is that a man came and died for you. He said that's the wisdom that this God brought. They say that is foolishness. So they rejected it. The other level is where you look at it and say, okay, give me, since it's free. How many of us are distributing something, you're passing? They give it to you, it's free. You just put it in the pocket, isn't it? Because it's free. You despise it. You don't even consider the value. That's what, for a lot of people who have accepted Jesus, that's where they are. So when you ask them, are you born again? They say they're born again. But now that born again, they don't cultivate it. Praise the Lord. That, that salvation, they don't dig deep into it. They don't work on it. They're not striving. You look at the apostle Paul, his salvation was a gift, but they didn't come like an ordinary gift. That's one of the reasons why his life was different. So, did you see Peter tell his conversion to story in any place? He didn't tell it. Did John tell his own? But because of the way Saul of Tarsus was saved, he knew that this thing is not a joke. He said, I am my lad. We are going over to Damascus <laughs> with a letter to go and drag out and persecute the saints. Then suddenly, a light brighter. Who can forget that? That's why when he handled the faith, he labored more. Are you getting what I'm saying? When he handled it, he labored more. That's why also today, if you see people who get born again from Muslim background, from occultic background, for, from all kinds of terrible backgrounds, their lives are different. Or you see them maybe former prostitutes, you know, all of that, arm robber. Their lives are different because the simple difference is that they value it. To you as an add-on, you've dressed up, they put a, a lapel pin. That's what uh, born again is to you because you thought you were good. You don't value it. It's lapel pin like uh, Ahmed has. But for somebody, he was naked and they clothed him. So what to you is lapel pin is to this man overall 
underwear, everything. That's why today, even in Nigeria, the quality of Christianity up north is different from the quality of Christianity down south. If the persecution that they are having in the north of churches is what is going on in the south, nobody will enter church. But those people are still gathering. They are still attacking them because they understand they've made a choice over generations to be Christians. Are you getting it now? So that, that's where the danger is. It's a free gift. And those are some of the things that we, we want to look at today. So it's despised when received. You know, that's why also you can maybe explain Christians that grow up with Christian parents. To them, you see, they, they were born into it. Some of the people you ask, are you born again? I was, I've been born again since I was born. The nurse and my mother born me again. Do you understand? They've just been there. So really, they don't value it. Okay? It's difficult. You know, it's a difficult place, but God will help us. Amen? So the part where many of us are, where I am and most of us are, is when not despised, but it's underutilized. And how does this underutilization come about? It's because of lack of understanding. Come with me to Romans 5. We'll just do a brief um, listen of what this thing, how this thing is. So, a, a bit of theology. Romans 5 from verse 12. Just to give us the angle, the, the journey. It says, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And thus, death spread to all men because all sinned. Notice it. Through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And thus, death spread to all men because all sin. Now, let me just break this down a bit. You see, because of Adam, everyone born into this world is born in sin. But we are born in sin, but we have sinned to confirm that if we are Adam, we would have still sinned. <laughs> are you getting it now? We are born into sin, so we entered into it by birth. But by practice, we have confirmed that it is us. Eh? They understand? We didn't borrow it. So you see a child, three years, is lying. Follow come, thank you. Follow come, and then by practice, you're confirming it. So, and this is because of what Adam did. So the nature is there, and then the people practice it. Now, what confuses us many times is that sin has diversification. So some children will not lie against the other, but they will never forgive the other one. Some won't forgive, but the next moment they will beat that one again. So they are just diverse manif manifestations. So it also shows itself in intellectual. You see some people that are so moral, but they are so judgmental. It's all manif because the sin is there, but it's practiced in different ways. And why is that so? Because of what Adam did. So through one man, sin entered. And because of sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death had to come. Okay? So I, I read on. I, I want to read on to the turning point. And then it says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. It says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who are not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So Ad Adam was a type of Jesus. 15 says, But... This is where we are. The free gift is not like the offense. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. For if by the one man's offense, many died. Now, see what is happening. It says, much more the grace of God. 
and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So what he's saying here is this. Because of what Adam did, I sinned. Now he's saying, Jesus, because of what Jesus did, your life should be a high life. Are you getting it now? Adam brought weight for us to go down. Jesus brought life for us to lift us up. Both of them came without our impute. We are cooperating with Adam's own very well. Let us begin to cooperate with Jesus' own. Do you understand? That's what he said. And he, he, the Bible said, he said, but this one is even more. He said, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense, many, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of God. It's abounded to many. Let's read down. It says, 16, says, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. It says, for if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. It says, much more. Those who receive what? Abundance. We didn't receive abundance of sin. It's just sin. But now we are receiving abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. What are we now to do? We are to reign in Christ in life through the one Jesus Christ. Are we seeing it now? So, we got something and we operated it. Now we have received Christ. Let us do it. Let us operate it. Let us operate it. So, children, you can operate Christ. Hallelujah. You can. This is what the Bible is saying. 18 goes on. 18 says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, what will happen? Many will be made righteous. So there's a righteous of imputation, then there's a righteous of revelation of the imputation. Holy Spirit, help us. Praise the Lord. So you come now. Okay, my brother, come. You're dressed in jeans now. Come. And it's a ripped jeans, okay? So if, um, as we're walking now, okay, Something falls under this chair. You know you won't hesitate to get under the chair to pick it up. Because these jeans, my jeans, I can't remember the last time I washed my jeans. I don't know the last time you washed this and the next time you're applying. So you don't mind getting on the floor to pick something there, right? But if you are wearing an immaculate white kaftan and something falls under there, you hesitate to go there. The same thing fell is the same you. The difference is that when you're standing here with jeans, we let, permit me to say it's dirty. But when you're standing here with immaculate white, it is righteous. So because of the imputed righteousness he's wearing, he cannot go under again. So when people tell you that it doesn't matter what I do, I'm the righteousness of Christ, they have not become the righteousness of Christ. Because when you become the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus, it will affect what you do. Thank you, sir. That's it. So, nobody by his effort can wash his jeans to become immaculate white. But the free gift gave it to us. So, all of a sudden, you look at yourself. You're wearing all white. Chai. You start fighting like Jaffa in those Chinese movies. Have you seen those Jaffas, how they fight? They don't move too much. <laughs> how many of us watch Chinese movies? It's a good relaxation. They are better than a lot of movies. You just wear whoo, whoo. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do we get it? 
So it's a gift, but it's a gift that transforms. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. 21 says, he said, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. It says, but where sin abounded, what happened? Grace abounded much more. Simple. Sin was terrible, but grace came with superpower. Do you understand? There is no sin, no lifestyle, no habit that Adam gave to us through sin that the grace of God cannot lift us up from. Much more. Jesus didn't give us enough to solve our problems. He gave us enough to reign. There are two different things. He didn't just snatch us out. He gave us enough to reign. Much more through the grace of God that we reign in life. Praise the Lord, somebody. And all this is a gift. Okay? So 21 says, So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this is basically what this gift is. Now, still the same points we're making. Because it is a gift, we can easily underutilize it. But we talked about property on Sunday and we're going to go back to property. Now, how many of us came to church with our cars now? If for some reason, you know, um, a trailer, we have trailers that deliver goods to our neighbors here and there. If they block the road, okay, Will you just uh, look, uh, there is a trailer blocking the road. Will you just call a, an Okada and go home? You'll remain here, right? If the trailer doesn't leave till 12 midnight, you'll most likely be here. Now, what has happened is that you own the property, but I will have you know that when you own property, the property also owns you in a sense. You cannot own property without it owning you. Anything that you own also has a hold on you. The only way you can be free from that hold is you disown it. I have lived in Lagos, and many times I've been in Lagos, and I envied people who didn't have cars. Because there are some traffics, you know, we call it hold up in Lagos, that you've been, and then you see people get down from transport vehicles and walk and get to their destination before you that has, has a car. But you can't leave your car. You know why? You own a car. And now the car does what? owns you. Do you understand? Oh, yes. (laughs) So it's a gift given to you, but once you own it, it will begin to tell you, you can't go this way. You can't do like that too. Praise the Lord. That's what some people are suffering. When they become big men, their life will just go. You can't even eat corn and pee again. Eh? You can't go to the market. Yeah? You can't do this. You can't do this because this has happened. Okay, but truly, that's the reality. The ownership of property places a demand on you. There's a demand of responsibility for that property. So, who owns this car? Who owns this thing? There's a a way you ought to behave as a responsible owner. Now, the price for not being a responsible owner is that you lose ownership or you lose enjoyment. It's as simple as that. So, I own something, I cannot be free, you know. That's why, you know, as beautiful as marriage is and all of that, that's why Paul said that me, I'm not even going to marry. He says, I wish all were like me. You know why? Because imagine the quarrel Paul and his wife will be having. When he will just say, the Lord said to me, then he takes off one year, they don't see him. And then why then he'll write a letter and say, honey, I'm missing you, but the Lord said I should go from, uh, from Philippi to uh, 
The honey will answer, Hangi, if I get here, I'll cut off your head. <laughs> Do you understand? It's as simple as that. You want something, oh yes. You have it. But once you have it, you can't be the same. That's a challenge with some men. They want a wife, but they want their guys. They want a wife, but they want Arsenal and Man you. They want a wife, but they want to hang out. They want to be free. If you want to be free, be free. And then not marry. But once you're married, you're mad. You have responsibility. It's property. Do you understand? And for the women also, once you marry, it's responsibility. It changes everything. So property, and even if it's a gift, places a responsibility. You know, we talk about PJs, private jets, and all of that. Anybody you know that has a private jet is under obligation to make a lot of money every day. Because parking fee for a private jet, I think it's about $5,000 a day. So they own private jet, but private jet is claiming that type of amount. Not to talk of the pilots and the you know, crew and all of that, that they have to put on retainership. The other day I went to buy a part for my car and I said brake part. And the man called the price. I shouted. He said, oh, Ghana's man, person head big. Now, so he headache they be. And I said, your head big. Now, so your headache be. I said, ah, only brake part. He said, no, be me sending you by that kind of car. That was what he was in effect saying. Okay, so it's property. It's your own. But you see, as long as it's your own, it will be asking things of you. It's as simple as that. And that's a challenge many of us have with Christianity. So we become Christians, we have Jesus, but we don't want any responsibility. Once you refuse responsibility for property you own, you're in effect disowning it. You're refusing the right of control, the right of benefit, the right of, you know, transfer. You can't take it. It's only in Nigeria that once you buy something, it's yours forever. If you buy a car in, in most of the developed worlds, you actually might buy a car for $2,000, but in a year you pay the government more than $6,000 for insurance. Because for you to use that car on their road, but they plan something, every month they'll collect $300, $400, $500 from you. Insurance. If you don't like it, quit. It's as simple as that. You own a property, you pay, you know, you pay the annual rent, you pay insurance, you pay all of that. The day you don't pay it, you know, the thing expires, they'll come and foreclose. I live in an estate, it's such a challenge getting a lot of people to pay their um, service charge. A lot of us who live in estates, you know, encounter that. A friend of mine told me that where he lives in Canada, the estate, two months default, they're foreclosing, the property is no longer yours. So you own something, it owns you. The day you don't meet the responsibilities of ownership, there's a separation. So that is what is happening. So we have been given this name. We have been given this endowment in Christ. But there are things that follow. Unfortunately, more people heard the one on Sunday that are not hearing this one now. So tomorrow they say, no, they walk. If they walk, if they walk. Have I told you about the story of my experience, you know, as a child? When one day I finished watching an advert, I think it was Omo. So in the advert, they said, Omo washes bright and it shows. And they showed a dirty white. And they showed one woman bring it put it in what put home in water you know turn it like this put this dirty white bring it out put it bring it out put it bring it out the third time and it was white so i came back from school 
You know I'm very obedient. <laughs> so I took my dirty white, took home, put it in water, you know, made it to ladder, made it to ladder. And then I put my white, brought it out, put it, brought it out, <laughs> put it, brought it out the third time, and reached it and hung it. But it was not white. That was when I started distrust, distrusting people. I'm telling you, I don't, when people say things, I mean institutions, not people in essence. I always say, where, where is the wire in it? I must have been about seven years or so when that happened, or eight years. I, I didn't wash my clothes, but I said, let me prove this thing. I just dig, you know. And then they'll sing that song, oh, more washes whiter, and it shows. So I knew that, why you, why you, why you everywhere? <laughs> you know? They didn't tell me that you had to do like this. That one was not in the advert. It wouldn't have made a good advert. Okay? So, so that's how people will come and they'll say, they just name. You have to maintain property. It's Jesus has been given to us. But you have to maintain. The Peter and John will look at on Sunday. What were they going to do? They said they were going to the temple to what? To pray. What did the property say? Men ought always to pray and not to. If you don't pray, the name will weaken in your hands. The name of Jesus is property. The sons of Sceva went and said, I adjure you in that powerful name of Jesus. The demon said, let's check the records. Have you paid tenancy fee? Have you paid service charge? Your name is not on the record. You're not current. Jesus we know. Paul we know. Where is your name on this list? Kabwai, slap. Okay? So the Bible says, Philippians 1.29. It says we have been given the privilege not only to believe in him, but also to do what? To suffer. For it has been granted to us on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, not only to have. So there are costs, there are prices associated with him. You're working in an office, people are talking, they're speaking anyhow. You can't speak anyhow because of that name. And the way it works is this. The, your colleagues are observing you. If you speak with them the way they speak, they will never ask you to pray for them. Let me show you one proof that your light is shining a little in your office. When they come to you, publicly or privately, publicly might just be to mock you, but privately, they meet you after work. Say, please, brother, please, can you put this in prayer for me? You know that your light is shining. But if when they talk, you talk. When they laugh, you laugh. When they drink, you whatever they do, you do. They will never ask you because they'll know that the name that you have has what? Been watered down. They won't look to you for help. So we've been granted on behalf of Christ to believe in him. But there are prices we'll pay. First Peter 4, 12 to 15, please. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fair trial, which is to try as though some strange thing happened to you. So for the name of Christ, trials will come. Pastor Nat experienced the one in his office where he was working. He was teaching the children very well, you know, their mathematics and science and all of that. And he started encouraging them. They were coming to him to ask about Christ and all of that. He started encouraging them. Because of that, everything that was due him in the office, they blocked from him. One day they said, we don't want your services anymore. Is it that he's not teaching well? It's because of his light. He's a Muslim school. So he was spoiling some things for them. These are prices you pay. But he could have gone into that school, pastor in the father's church, but in that school... He will be a friend of imams. I'm not saying he shouldn't be a friend of imams, but when you hear him, you'll be one of those that say, it's one God, it's one God. We're serving one God. If he does like that, they will love him. That's the simple truth. 
Continue, please, 13. He said, but rejoice to the extent that you do what? That you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory is revealed, what will happen? You may also be glad with exceeding joy. Continue. If you're reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. Some of us young ladies, your friends laugh at you. Your holy wedge is too much. Yes, you have Christ. The day they have a need, they will call on you. Do you understand? He said, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is what? Glorified. 15. He said, but let none of us do what? Suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, as a busybody. So, he, he puts the demarcation. Let it be purely for our testimony and for our light as Christians. For this will pay a price. There is a separation, there is a victimization and all of that. But in all of that, they know that this one is consecrated. And your value is building up. And the Lord will remember you in Jesus' name. The Lord will remember you in Jesus' name. Ownership of this property also constrains us, just like we've illustrated with the vehicle. 1 Corinthians 6.12. That's where the Apostle Paul was saying that all things are lawful for me, but all things are not what? All things are lawful for me, but I'll not be brought under the power of any. So when you have this name, when you value this name, I've told us here, I mean, I'm not forcing anybody, but anybody that jokes in whether it's comedy or whatever you're doing, you joke with the name of Jesus, you joke with the Holy Spirit, I will not honor you. I will not listen to you. I will not laugh. I will not even smile. It irritates me because you cannot, as I am now, okay, my parents are dead, but you cannot come in front of me and be joking with my mother. No matter how you call it a joke. And if I will think like that for my mother or my father, who are nothing compared to who God is, who the Father is, who the Son is. Who the... So you can't just come and say, Holy, no, if you find a way and joke. When you call Jesus, let it be you want to do something with him. Do you understand? You know, that, yeah, Jesus. No, once I heard, I know that there's no revelation. Nobody in America will say, Oh, terrorist. Pick phone, oh, terrorist. You won't survive to tell the story. Because they, they, don't, they don't think they are joking. You understand? So, there are many things because of this name, you have to, you know, just say no to. People will be saying, but what is wrong with it? What is wrong with it? They won't understand. It's a treasure you're carrying. Praise the Lord. It's a treasure you're carrying. Because you want when you call that name, heaven to know. Demons to know that this time is not a joke. How do you tell demons? The other time I was joking. Now I'm serious. Go. How does it work? Do you understand? So many things are permissible. Many things are defensible. Many things, you know, people can say it. First Corinthians 10, 23 to 24 is saying the same thing basically. But let's look at it. It says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. 24 now. It says, let no one seek his own, but each the other well-being. Each one the other's well-being. So he's still saying the same thing. Yeah. So because of that name, there's constraint. And why is this very important, brethren? You see, the way this name works, there are quite some things that, you know, I'm learning as I just grow in life. There are some things that are automatic. How do I explain that? There are things that are just purely automatic. Come with me to Second Kings 2. It is an account we know very well. It is the, the exit of the prophet Elijah 
okay, when he was about to go. And he came and said, the Bible says, verse 21, sorry, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 1, sorry. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Okay? So they went down to Bethel. Verse 3 says, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, my son Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he followed him and they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets there came also and said to him the same thing. And Elijah said to him in verse 6 again, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Jordan. But the same Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Verse 7 says, and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his man to roll it up and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over. It was after they crossed over in verse 9, that we find Elijah now saying, Ask what I may what do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. The question I want you to ask is this. Was it after they crossed that Elijah knew he was going up? It was public knowledge that he was going up. The sons of the prophets knew. How come all the while he was telling Elijah, Elisha, wait. Have you wanted to tell somebody something? And you saw that his attention was not enough to hold that information at that time. You keep quiet. I get it what I'm saying. Elijah knew he was going from the get-go. But Elisha needed to hunger enough. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said, for they shall be, they are the only ones that shall be filled. Elijah knew he was going. So why was he telling the man to wait? He wanted to make sure that he would develop value and desire and be able to handle what was coming. You see, our Lord Jesus told us parables that what the kingdom of heaven was like. One of the parables he told is that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure which a man found in a field. Okay, and I, I was reading that today. I was shocked. The man found a treasure and hid it again. He said a treasure was hidden and the man found it. And then he further hid it. I mean, he hid it. <laughs> Praise God. The man did what? He hid it. That's, that's it. He hid it. That's what I wanted to hear. He went and hid it again. And then now left to sell all that he had. To come and buy it. What's that saying to us? He said that's what the kingdom is like. That's what we're learning. If you don't know the value, most times you won't be able to handle it. If you don't know the value. The man found it and looked around and thought maybe another person had seen it. So he rehid it. So that he can go and what? Acquire the resources. And to acquire the resources, he sold everything that he had. 
And then when he saw that, he came and bought the field and the treasure became his. They are telling us something. The process in the kingdom is this. You know the value. You pay the price. You enjoy it. You discover the value. You pay the price. You enjoy it. You discover the value. You pay the price. You enjoy it. Simple. That's why the Bible can say to us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was said before him. Listen, as a child of God, brothers and sisters, let me confess to you. If you don't see heaven, the Christian journey will be a struggle for you. That is, I'm not saying you see a vision. You read it, believe it, imagine it, dream it. Because you see, the devil is not joking. The devil has seen heaven and now he lives in hell. Do you understand? And we know that misery, what does misery love? He loves company. Misery loves company. He would do anything to discourage anybody from going to that heaven he's missed. He'll do anything. And he's succeeding at it. He'll do anything. He can give people heaven on earth, provided they don't meet the heaven that the real heaven. And that's the one that is succeeding most. He'll give people all kinds of things here on earth so that they'll be distracted and lose focus of the heaven that is above. So in this account that we're reading, back to Elijah and Elisha, after he crossed over, that was when he said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you. What may I do for you before I'm taken away? I said, what type of man is this? You knew you were going since. Okay? But it was to show something. Now, Elisha made the request. And he said to him, verse 10, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, what? It shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more. He took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. 13, let's read 13 now. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, what? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was what? Divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now, what I want you to see, I, was, I started by saying some things are automatic. There's a way you will press in, you will have expectation, you will have assurance. This man, Elisha, this prophet Elisha, would not have been able to take that man to go to that Jordan and hit it to cross if he was lying in his house and Elijah left him a note. Your boss, Elijah, has gone. My mantle is in the room. It's under the chair. When you go, fetch it. He would have gone to pick that mantle. <laughs> and use it for... for he would, it wouldn't be of value. You know why? Because he did not pay a price. The kingdom, you see value. You pay price and then you draw down. Do you understand? You see value, you pay price, and you draw down. Child of God, the Jesus that because of him, you forgive someone that offended you. If a devil tries you in the name of that Jesus, you will kick him 
he won't find pigs to enter. But if you don't forgive him because of Jesus, the same Jesus will be nothing to you when trouble comes. That's when you go to your native pocket to bring out a punch to throw. Because you have not applied him. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you have adjusted to his name in obedience, brothers and sisters, in demand, in power, it will be natural to you to call on him. Let's rise on our feet. So the devil will come and say to you, there is nothing you can do. You No argument. Elisha did not plan to swim. He said this thing, you're going to part. I have no other one. Are you getting it? I have no other plan. This Jesus is my life. This Jesus is my boast. It's because of Jesus and where I am. For me to advance, it will be in the name of Jesus. You see, it becomes automatic. What we're trying to get across to ourselves is that when you get it, this name becomes default. It becomes your default. It becomes your strong tower. It becomes your defense. It becomes everything. You are a child of God, a child of God. You have followed him. The songwriter says, I've gone too far from where I started from. I can no longer go back. It's the name of Jesus that will take me through. I will, listen, some of us are going through difficult situations. Don't think about turning back because the name will make a way for you. I'm telling you, that name you have trusted in so far, don't think, don't consider just that testimony. Because it's the, oh Lord help me. The testimony of Jesus that you have held on to, it works both ways. It works to hold you and then it works to make the elements subject to you. So the centurion said, I am a man under authority. I say to this one, go and he goes. He understood that as I'm under authority, you Jesus now, you have authority. Demons are under your, so you speak to them. So when you have placed yourself under the authority of Jesus, automatically you know that doors will open. Are you understanding that? That bridges will be made for you. That allowances will be made for you. That devils will shift for you. When you come in that name, you're not a freelancer. I belong to the company of Jesus. The demons said, we know Paul. They said, we know Jesus, isn't it? And they know the Jesus that popped. They know Paul through Jesus. Now you are also now known through Jesus. When you abide in him, then in his name as well, by that authority, demons will no longer answer to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our Lord Jesus speaking said to us, he said, whosoever receives you, what does he do? He said, receives me. That's what he said. Because I sent you, when you go there, he's knock on the door. Who is on the door? He don't say man. He says pastor. Because a man would not have gone there on his own. But pastor sent you. That was Jesus to say. So where you go, that's why also when we pray, how do we pray? When we pray, we pray what? Let's go to him and pray. And just say thank you. And I will not in any way devalue. I will not think twice. 
I received the boldness of Elisha, the assurance of Elisha. When he made that demand, he made it with certainty. He knew that he had followed Elijah. And therefore he said, in the name of Elijah, the God of Elijah, now we have followed Jesus. He is our prophet. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He's the one we are serving. He's the one you're waiting on, daughter of Zion. He's the one you're boasted on, my brother. He's the one that you put confidence in. He's the one that has constrained you. He's the one that has held you back. He's also the one that will propel you. He's the one that will lift you. He's the one that will make a way. He's the one that will deliver. Jesus. Elisha said, this is what you do. And he placed that demand. And the Bible says immediately the water parted this way and that way. That becomes our experience. Because as a child of God, the name and the authority in the name of Jesus has been given to you and I. And as many as are walking in his ways, as many as are trusting in him, as many as are being led of the spirit, these ones are operating in the level of the sons of God. Father, we thank you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.